Welcome to Earful of Dirt, bringing you the latest Major League Rugby news, views, and abuse. Now here are your hosts, Aaron, Dan, and Victor. And we're live for a special edition of Earful of Dirt. This is episode 12.5. Corey sends his regrets. Victor is probably walking after parking his car somewhere, so maybe he'll uh, show up <laughs> mid-broadcast. So tonight, uh, I've got Dan Brown, uh, uh, one of my partners in crime this evening. And, you know, I've, I've got a great friend and, you know, fellow rugby man and rugby broadcaster on for a second show uh, Mr. Grant Cole of This Is Texas Rugby. So without Honored further ado, thank you. It is, it is our pleasure and we are honored to have you. So why are we here tonight, guys? Good question. Your- oh, well, you know, I, I kind of teased y'all yes, last night, didn't I, Dan? Tell me about, tell me, tell me what I did, Dan, what I teased you. Yeah, and I, you are. You basically sat there on the YouTube comments and were were just dropping little little breadcrumbs everywhere. Corey was going back and forth with you, so I, I kind of had two I had two screens up. It was kind of weird because I'd see what's going on live and then I'd see what's going on like fifteen seconds ago, and I just see Grant just throwing everything up there, uh, trying to give us hints as we're going on. We're like, he might as well be here. He might as well just be on the stream right now. Um, that was helpful because we got a lot of things wrong, and he jumped up and corrected us many, many times. Well, and you know what? What's fun is you guys have a lot of passion for this game, and, uh, and especially for the MLR. I mean, and it's so necessary. And it, it, what you guys do, what Preston and Warren are doing, all of this is really important. So wrong, right, it, it, that's not important. Your passion is what's important. So you know that's that's engaging, that's intriguing, that's that to me is what what is why I'm here and why I'm why I'm you know, engaging with you in this because what you're doing is important. So hey, CBS Sports Network is now the official television partner for the Major League Rugby. Did, Aaron, what you what you tell me I did? So I I said you undersold. Uh, the magnitude of the announcements. Because I I figured, you know, we were just going to get some, you know, we've already talked about flows, you know, you know, their business model, they pay for content. So I figured, hey, we're going to get a big announcement, say, hey, it's going to be flow sports, you know, whatever, because they had connections with Austin. They've thrown tons of money. They brought in, uh, they, they hired Goff and they told, gave him a moving bonus and they brought him down to uh, Austin to run, you know, flow rugby. And so I figured it was just going to be them because they've been just, you know, to an extent burning cash and burning oil uh, on their rugby investment in the last three months. So all their investments. Well, I'm not really, (laughs) I'm not really paying attention to the cheer channel that they have. So, (laughs) But yeah, so if you guys follow, if anyone follows Flow Sports, uh, they have great content. Uh, They have about 40 different channels on their platforms. So that covers uh, NCAA, pretty much all non-revenue sports, wrestling, cheer, uh, gymnastics, everything. Uh, They also have the rights, I think, to the the U.S. rights to all uh, Scottish matches 
for rugby. So, cause they've shown all those international matches since the summer. So if you're a Scotland fan, uh, your subscription to flow rugby is going to be necessary and, it, and it's available, which is, you know, two or three years ago, finding rugby was definitely hard. Um, I gotta say you American rugby. It's tough to find American rugby a couple years well, ago. <laughs> yeah, I don't think American, I don't think American rugby was, you know, really, it was definitely easier to find, you know, six nations than it was to find the Eagles test match in November. Oh, but yeah. If you could so, find it at all. Yeah. If you could find it, um, then it would be in not Spain. But we, we've come a long way is what you're saying, basically. Yeah. Um, so rugby, so the growth of rugby, at least I think the commercial value right now in the last, let's say we're going to call it since the fall of pro. Um, because what, that league demonstrated to me was, hey, there was a commercial project that pe- that people were willing to invest in. And, well, you know, uh, the torch of rugby as a commercial project was picked up by the owners of the MLR. Um, and they've done everything, to the most part, I can see the right way. And, you know... Um, I think Grant sees that, and I think Dan sees that. Uh, Grant, Grant's has been around this a lot longer than I have, and knows uh, a lot of the players uh, in this, you know, in this league. So I think I don't think he'd be on here tonight talking about this if he didn't trust where it was going. But um, to- that's, that's actually very correct, and and uh, you know, a lot of people uh, there there are a few people that are in the in the mix that know where my background when it comes to professional rugby and knows what I follow, but I've been following the development of professional rugby in the U S since 95, 96, when, you know, the original, when the original MLR and the super league were around and you guys may not know that there was another major league rugby that started out in 95 and 96. Well, well, I knew based in the last couple of months because of that. And then all the, USA rugby drama that I I'm not, I haven't heard all the stories. I've only heard like two or three about refs getting banned and all yep. sorts of things yep. like that. But you know, I, I, so, I mean, I, I've been, I've been following and tracking that stuff for 20 years now. And, and uh, you know, the, some of the owners in the MLR, I have known them from when I was refereeing, they were my mentors or my coaches uh, and they're owners in the MLR now. So, uh, you know, I, I yeah, pretty nicely. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, it's just a matter of, uh, having known these guys for a long time and, and some of these coaches in the MLR, uh, I've refereed them before when they were playing. So how many red uh, cards? What? How many oh, red no. cards? Uh, yeah, we're not going to no. talk about that. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yes. But you know, it, it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's it's a great uh, it's a great feeling to see this come about, you know. Ted Hardy and I in 2012 we started a Facebook page called uh, USA Rugby US USA needs a professional rugby league, 
And we started this just on a just because we really thought it needed to happen. And we were both kind of upset that the North American professional rugby uh, never went off. It was and it was it was four teams that were supposed to start Houston, Glendale, Vancouver and San Jose. And they were basically set up to start and they never actually happened. And, you know, it, it and they had a they had a joint sanctioning agreement with between USA Rugby and Rugby Canada that was approved by World Rugby. I mean, they had gone to the gone to the extent of having all that work done. And that's a big deal. That agreement was was drawn up and approved and everybody was happy. And then at the last minute, Glendale said, you know what? We're a municipality. We can't lose a million or two million dollars a year in investments. And so they learned a lesson there. They learned that they can't, they've got it. That model that they had decided to approach there wasn't going to work. And they were going to have to figure out some other model that worked. And so they pulled back and then, you know, a lot of the same people were involved. They pulled back and then of course Chang pulled out of that and he went and did something different, ended up becoming on the board and doing the things that he's doing. And we're not going to get into that tonight, Aaron. So, <laughs> But uh, but you know it's it's interesting. Yes, <laughs> throw that away. <laughs> we could go on all night there. But it's interesting that um, that you know a couple of those players stayed in there. They learned some lessons. They watched what happened to a couple of other players that tried to come in and and get into the space and didn't make it. Learn from their mistakes. And Schoeniger comes in and Schoeniger does his thing. And, you know, he actually got it together. And, and one of the things Schoeniger did right was bring Steve Lewis in, who knew all of the actual players and coaches out there that could come in and actually put a product on. You know, and that's that's the this is a guy who's been around the nation and actually put hands on bodies and knows, you know, knows enough of the 240 players that they needed to actually go out there and, and, and touch them and say, hey, we need you to come in here. And that was something that was another lesson that needed to be learned. How do we get these people? How do we make sure we know the right people? to make this happen. And then they just had to find the model. And and, in August of 2016, they get together, they find the model and you know, it's working now. And that's important. So getting into the details uh, of the agreement, if you haven't had the chance to uh, check out uh, the uh, CBS sports network release, I'm just going to give you the quick spiel. Uh, So CBS sports network, which is available in, I'm told, over 50 million homes currently. There are over 50 million subscriptions uh, across uh, all platforms. It is available uh, via most cable uh, subscriptions, and it is on PlayStation Vue and YouTube TV. So if you wanted to, if you have PlayStation Vue, you can add it to there, because uh, I believe PlayStation Vue has all the cards. But what we're going to see is 10, a 10 week regular season. So there's going to be, I don't know. You're going to have to, we're going to have to figure out how bye weeks work, but there's going to be 10 games on uh, television and there's going to have, and then there's going to be the semifinals and the finals of the league for this year on CBS sports network. Uh, And you dig into this uh, a little bit as sports business daily did uh, today. Uh, 
the MLR also is looking to sign a deal, and I believe it's on the table. Uh, we can, you know, speculate who that partner is, but there will also be a streaming partner as well. So we have, you know, a major television uh, company is going to broadcast 13 matches this year, and then the other matches will be available as well uh, via subscription base. Also, are these um, are those the streaming though? Is that CBS Sports is going to stream the thirteen? Well, it's no. thirteen well, games, or no, I thought yeah. there was it's no. So it's a broadcast. Yeah, but the TV a, on the TV. It's a TV broadcast, but it's available through over the top subscription services such as YouTube Television or uh, you know PlayStation Vu. And what what those are, if you don't know what PlayStation Vu is and you don't know what Sling TV is and you don't know what YouTube TV is, is that's basically in-home available cable subscriptions without going through a, a, a major cable company. So, and the, the subscription rates for those is significantly less than, you know, direct TV. Cause at one point I, I think I was spending $200 a month uh, for my direct TV subscription so I could possibly have access to the Curry Cup and possibly have access to the Mitre 10 Cup. Because even though the games were on, it wasn't always on BN Sports. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> so gonna hope every year. The- so, so we still haven't answered one question for me, Aaron. You know, I, I tried to sell this as a big deal. I tried to sell this as a big announcement. Uh, I tried to say golden Twinkies will be shat. Okay. <laughs> I tried to, I tried to make sure you guys understood, everybody understood this is going to be huge. I mean, so one thing you haven't said, or at least I didn't hear you say yet. Maybe I, maybe I missed it. And, and Dan, you said this earlier in the pre-show, uh, how many households can CBS sports network hit? Is that for me or Aaron? Is that yeah, either one? I think I think you I think you Dan said it earlier. The the fifty seven million, which Aaron mentioned, over fifty million. Over fifty million, and you and you found fifty seven million, right? Yeah. So fifty. That's a, that's a lot. Yeah. I mean, we're looking. I mean, we're we're especially when you consider that's uh, right now in the U.S. There's like right at a hundred and sixty something million households in America. Period. Just hands down, that's how many there are. So that's you know a third of America that they're touching. It's over a third. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's a that's a that's a considerable amount that we're uh, they, that they have an outreach to. So um, when you look at some of the numbers that SMG put out a few years back about how many people you you need to reach out to, um, the 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 forty percent of the American population that was neutral to rugby. Okay, that was 96 million people. So you so you consider that 50 of that 57 million households, 40 percent of that is neutral to rugby. They're going to they're going to be neutral to bringing rugby in. So what are some things? And this is my question to everybody, not just you and Aaron, but everybody in the rugby community that is that is watching these kind of shows. What are some things we need to do? to reach out and touch one to two of those 96 million people. 
and, and bring those neutrals in. That stuff is, uh, you know, the tr- in the traditional sense, I think is, you know, inviting your friends over for, you know, the, the final or, hey, someone asks, hey, what are you doing tonight? And you're like, hey, uh, national match of the week for the ma- Major League Rugby's on. And, uh, hey, our match, like our social's done at five. Let's go back to the house and uh, let's, you know, throw this thing on and watch. Because one thing I've, I've talked, I've discussed a lot ad nauseum with people is that the American rugby player and the majority, I would say, members of the union, whether they're refs or administrators, they're not really rugby consumers. Otherwise you know, 110,000 subscriptions of the rugby channel would have happened overnight because, you know, it was a union product and they would have steadfast with their loyalty for the Eagles. Yeah, but but like you said, we're participants, we're not consumers. Yeah, so we're participants, we're not consumers because the product hasn't been marketed. So, And is the product good enough for for us to consume? Exactly. And what we have here is uh, CBS Sports, um, CBS in general. They've done about, I, th- I think the high number, I th- it's either four or five uh, one-off rugby events. The most recent was for CBS Sports was the D1A rugby final last year. And so we're, they're saying, you know, they're seeing enough from NBC's investment with the numbers that NBC has gotten and from their gold platform, from the Olympic stuff and whatnot. And then their limited investment, extremely limited investment into this old sport, but really unknown to the majority of the American populace. Because like I said, there's only 115,000 members of the union. And then you have a few alumni out there, but um, for the most part, no one knows about, you know, the other egg-shaped ball that graces college campuses uh, on Saturdays in the fall and Saturdays in the spring. What, um, how much marketing is CBS Sports going to be doing for this to their current fan base? Are they, are they going to have this and they're just going to say, yeah, whatever, we have it, so if people want to watch it, they can watch it? Or are they going to do a full-on actual campaign to bring in – so make sure people are aware of it who are current I would, subscribers. So I would think because the intent is a national match of the week in like primetime windows. So if it's on a Saturday, uh, you're looking at like the four to five o'clock start time, whatever the local you know market is. Uh, so it hits before Eastern time zone becomes like club time, you know, cl- clubbing time. Not. <laughs> so, so before people, before people go out, you know, while people are still in, so the, you want the match on at a certain time to fit all three time, all three major time zones. Um, the Sports Business Daily didn't have like specific. They had the most, I guess, widespread uh, article on this, but uh, you know, we all watch CBS Sports products uh, in March and at the beginning of April uh, because of March Madness. So I would expect, since they are developing a product that is new, to see some ads 
for this pro- this new product that they're developing during March Madness. Coincidentally, it, it just happens to start almost immediately after March Madness actually ends, like two weeks after. So that's yeah, about, a really good about, time. It looks like about 10 days after the national championship game, you'll have uh, in basketball, you'll have Major League Rugby kicking off. Maybe some commercials on so CBS. I uh, mean – they're, we're looking at an inve- not only an investment like, hey, they're, they're saying they're going to broadcast 13 matches. That's, that's a lot going into the future of a niche sport in America. So why would you set your product up to fail? Yeah, and, and they don't want to because they've got to obviously sell ads and those ads got to make them money and, and they need to make sure that they market it enough to, to make money, uh, to make the kind of money they need to make. And, and Major League Rugby wants to do that too, so that kind of money has to be, has to be pushed. So. so the one thing that Sports Business Journal talked about was that Major League Rugby will be fronting the production costs. What does this mean? Uh, I don't know specifically what that means other than that I would think, uh, you know, it, it gives you full control of the copyright, whereas uh, with NFL products, since they're all pushed on major networks, they have primary control of the content, but mm-hmm. uh, everyone else has secondary control. So this gives you full ownership over the rebroadcast and everything else. My guess. Seems about right. I mean, basically it sounds like they just record it and then it's their stream and then CBS would just take it for their, for their own streams for the other things. Is that right? So one thing you, you would know more grant. So one thing, one thing's going to be interesting is uh, the the MRL paying for the paying for the production cost. So and uh, at Glendale, that's about thirty thirty five thousand a game. (laughs) Aaron, your eyes, man, they just bugged out. (laughs) I mean, they sell ads, but yeah, they say yeah, they 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 pay that stuff gets paid for by ads a lot. Yeah, but it's not cheap. It's not cheap at all, and that's that's one of the reasons why Pro opted out of Glendale and went over to uh, U Colorado, went over to Denver University. Excuse me. Is because they could not afford that. He he didn't want to pay that that bill because I mean, and Glendale they're not going to cheapen their product by cutting a little bit out, which is what Doug wanted to do. He wanted to cut a little bit out here and a little bit out here and try and cut some things back and and cheapen the product down to something that would be hey enough for what he needed. Yeah, but it was cheaper than you know the thirty thirty five thousand dollars a game that he was paying. You know, but it was he wasn't going to get TMO or anything like that, which is what I mean. Basically, they have a full package that Evergreen uh, produces there, and you know you get that full package, but you're getting Dallin or Dan and Brian Vizard, and you're getting you know these guys who've done hundreds of games in commentary, and you're getting uh, cameramen who've done hundreds of rugby matches. And they know exactly where their, you know, where their cameras need to be at. And they also understand that they're going to be part of a TMO team or, or a referee, uh, or referee review team. So you, you've got a high quality product there. And this is some of the same things that if you talk to Terry Dolphin or Jeremy Turner, 
at uh, at Austin and Houston that you hear them talking about the same things that they want to provide. You know, talking to Jeremy over the last two years when he talks about his stadium at Maori Road. A lot of the things he's been talking about to myself and Craig Coates is about, hey, where do we want cameras to be placed at? And what kind of things do we need to put in place there to make sure that it's easier for the production teams to just come in, set up and go? So these guys are real serious about making sure that not only do they have a quality product on the field, but they have a quality product in front of your eyes. So their production, they understand the production costs are going to be high but they also understand that its quality levels have to be high in order to pay for that production cost. Yeah. CBS also wouldn't want really low quality streaming either. That's just something they, they wouldn't go for. And something that was what was what interested me about the MLR. Okay. And even before it was ever the MLR, okay, before it was the MRC before August, 2016, when they had their first meeting in, in Houston, right. Before any of that happened, two or three of the folks that were thinking about it, we're already talking about quality before any of that stuff happened. And that was, you know, before they even got together, it was, there was a dedication to a high quality product, to a high quality product for the consumer, for the rugby. They wanted to make sure that their players were national level players. They wanted to make sure that if they were going to bring in players for overseas, you know, some of you're going to you're going to see an interesting philosophy of of, uh, of how they develop players. You look at Houston, look at some of the players they're bringing in from overseas. Notice the ages and what the, where they've been at. You've got guys that are coming in that have been on the age grade teams or maybe the sevens teams for their nation, but they've never played 15s for their nation. They haven't been capped there, so they're eligible for the U.S. And they're bringing them in. And what did you tell me, Aaron? They're bringing them in before December. You're, you're on mute, but they're bringing them in all, before December. Yeah. So all these guys are coming in before December 31st. And what does yeah. that mean for the uncapped dudes uh, that are young, like Charlie Hewitt? Uh, Murphy, Macklin, Kalinasau. All of these guys, dude. So, you, you know, you got all these dudes that are, you know, uncapped or 15s. And it's like, hmm, they're young. So, like, I look at – so, Connor Murphy and Charlie Hewitt, guys like that. Uh, you know, Adam Macklin played at a high level. But, uh, like he said in his interview with you, I, I want to see him what he does in year one because, you know, you come off a major knee injury. Sometimes you're not there. Sometimes you are. But, you know, that's still – but what's the mean age for props in test rugby? Oh, like 28, 20, 27, 28 is when you're in your prime and he's, you know, 27, he's 27. So I think, you know, he's here for, thir he provides as long as he doesn't knees or knees go like crazy, mm -hmm. but you're bringing in all these dudes that played professionally overseas played, you know, age grade teams like Charlie Hewitt was the U19 captain for England 15s. And let me tell you something, like, you don't get to understand how big that dude is until you see him standing next to Kyle Sumption. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't he like, and he's like, how tall is he, like 6'7 or something like that? Yeah, he's 6'8. He's 6'8, 265, man. Jesus. He's a big boy. <laughs> and he's he in he, he, Dude, he, he's 6'8, 265, and he walks in from getting off the plane in skinny jeans. Oh, and a soft pink oh. shirt. 
Oh, pink shirt, pink shirt is fine, but skinny jeans. How do you, how do you like fit? I did. I, I, I don't know, man. I mean, it's just he, he's just maybe they're not skinny jeans. Maybe they're regular jeans, but they look skinny on him. I don't know. <laughs> Got nothing. So. But he was just chill. I mean, but he's he's huge. So so yeah. I mean, these are quality players. So I mean, when we look at the CBS Sports Network, one of the things I want to I want to make sure and get across to people is this is step one in a presentation of quality that we're going to see from this MLR, this MLR crew. That's what they've been about. When you, when you look at Chicago and Kansas city, not, not making year one, you're looking at them because they know that there's a level of quality, a standard that they're not able to, to hit the first year. They got everything to hit it the second year, but they're not able to hit it the first year. And that dedication to quality is very important to this league. Very, very important. With that, I think we'll go with our final topic so we can let uh, Grant Cole get out for the evening. So in my conversation with Thierry Dupont of the Huns, he said that this would solidify the credibility of Major League Rugby as a commercial enterprise that the credibility of the league would be there because it's something that American rugby has never had. And so I agree with that, uh, especially knowing on the back end what the announcement was. Yes. It's really, really exciting to have, um, rugby being broadcast professionally u.s professionally rugby being broadcast over a major sports network it's not like and not to diminish them at all but it's not like a, a local channel or like 11 sports or or flow rugby which if well, i was fan, not local that's a global thing oh yeah global Whatever. you're talking you're, you're talking more like spectrum sport yeah yeah that's that's what i'm thinking but like if if i'm not a rugby fan i hear that i go I don't know who they are. I don't really know if I have that channel or if it's a channel or what it is. But CBS, everyone, everyone knows CBS. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just the first thing. It just kind of legitimizes it a bit, even though there are some amateur sports that are being put on uh, ESPN and CBS and stuff like that. But that's the first thing that in comments, too, on, on Facebook and everything, I've been seeing people going on CBS. Like, this is like this is real. This is a real deal. It's not just a... <laughs> It's not just a club club getting together. And, and there you go. Right, there you go. That's exactly what it is, Dan. And, and and Aaron, that's exactly what he's going to. So you you say that again, Dan. Because you hit you're hitting it. Just rewind a bit. It's not just a club getting together. It's a professional enterprise. There we go. I didn't say that last part before, but I said it, you know, just to make it sound nicer. And that's and that's what's important is a lot of people have been thinking, hey man, this is just you know this is just PRP again. This is just rugby super league. No, this is not. And, and I mean, we've been trying to say this for a year and a half now, and and I, you know people have been shrugging us off and not listening to us or hey, you don't know what you're talking about or whatever. But this is not just another bunch of clubs. This is not clubs at all. You know these 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 players are employees. The coaches are employees. You know, they are the, the, the owners are owners or team owners. This is run just like Major League Baseball, NBA, NFL. It's just in its nascency. 
You know, it's it's the it's right at the cusp of it. And, uh, you know, hey, you guys are the Jim Rome, you know, the, the <laughs> of the of the bunch. That's not bad. That means we can fire off hot takes, Dan. <laughs> I love hot takes. We got hot takes all day. So you know, you're the Mike and Mike. You know, you guys are you guys are right at the beginning of it. Yeah. So. <laughs> True story. Well, so, yeah, I think this really it says, hey, I mean, we've been talking about it, saying this is a com- professional and commercial enterprise meant to make money from day one, and it has been executed as such. So. So the one I thing think I think you need to think about and, and I need to think about, we all, Preston and Warren and everybody else who's doing these podcasts, if CBS is legitimizing this league and we've been doing what we do, what do we got to do to legitimize our part of this league? Yeah. So we've got to, we're going to have to regroup and say, hey, if they're stepping up, what do we got to do to step up? Yeah. We'll discuss because- it at the, at the next conference. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, hey, um, guys, it's been a pleasure to be with you tonight. I do have to sign off. Um, Aaron, I'll see you in a few weeks here yep. down in Houston. Um, Dan, one of these days, you're down in Houston or we're up in New York. I do hope to uh, hang out with you, go have a few beers. And I was, I, I have a strange feeling you might be in New York before I come to Houston. But okay, I'll, I'll we'll, we'll, see, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. So, <laughs> guys, um, I've got to sign off early, but I thank you guys for having me tonight. Thanks, Grant. Thank you, Grant. Cheers. So, um, again, thanks, uh, Grant Cole, for coming on tonight. I guess Victor's not showing up, so uh, he's probably going to show up in, in like thirty seconds, and then the pod's just going to end just like yeah, that. So. I mean, so <laughs> getting to, I think that about covers. Um, yeah, oh, that's yeah, so, so we've talked a little bit about a streaming service. I think we know which one it is. I think we discussed Flow Sports. The rugby or, channel? Oh, there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, hey, um, hey, um, hey, Dave, you, you calling him? You, you, you calling? You call me Dave? No, David Sternberg. I'm talking. Oh. I'm talking to him direct, VFR direct. I know you're listening. All right. But. It'll no, happen. It'll, that, would be, that would be so rough. <laughs> oh, man. And then, like, the uh, the picture of, we're having technical difficulties. <laughs> Check back. Yeah. Five minutes. Comes yeah. on. And, the, cameras, uh, the, the cameras just aren't working. It's, yeah. it's not. Yeah. That's the streaming. It's the cameras. So, it's the hardware. So I think it's going to be Flow Sports. Uh, it would be awesome if it was. Uh, and, you know, then they could, like, since MLR is – fronting the production costs, they could, uh, you know, put it on demand, put that national match of the week on demand through flow sports. And we just call it good. And then you resell more ad time, uh, with stuff. And, but one thing we really didn't talk about, um, I know that MLR is retaining some of the ad inventory for this so that they can get some ad revenue. But what about like the sponsorship activation that they're going to be able to do with the national match of the week. Well, with the national match of the week, you can get guys like AIG or HSBC or other groups that currently sponsor rugby everywhere except for the U.S. So I think that might be 
one yeah. thing or even just i mean the national for sponsorship just knowing it's on cbs as opposed to like we were saying like 11 sports or flow rugby um like that just adds a lot more reason why you'd want to actually sponsor you know nothing against those those uh those streaming services but cbs talks a little bit more than you know some of the smaller guys out there that's just how it works it. Uh, in the live chat, uh, we had a Ryan Herman uh, say, start teaching kids at a young age, like putting it in gym classes. Well, USA Rugby has a program called Rookie Rugby that, uh, you know, it, it requires a lot of funding to do, but it's it's working in Texas. Which would have um, been great if Grant was still here because he could actually talk about it So hours. Yeah, so we've got Play Rugby USA up in, uh, you know, New York City, uh, and then uh, and LA, just, and LA yeah. uh, that's working with, you know, inner city kids. And then you've got uh, the ICEF rugby, which is inner city. Uh, I don't know what the E is, but the F is foundation. But ICEF rugby, um, you know, they've put a lot of kids in college uh, at a high level, but that ended up being recruited for football. So we've got some places that were uh, – that the union's working on, but that's not really uh, what we're about this, but uh, you know, what is the MLR doing uh, for youth rugby? Uh, well, they're participating uh, with their local clubs. Look at the Houston Sabercats a lot. Uh, you're going to see uh, Austin elite, uh, you know, supporting uh, their Huns youth rugby program. And, they support several high school programs as well. I think Huns Youth Rugby is now at the point based uh, that they're going to, I think, establish a U14 team. So, uh, you know, there's just enough kids that have gone through the system that they will be able to establish uh, high school teams, uh, both girls and boys. So that'll be awesome. So there is a direct connection between major league rugby and youth rugby in those specific areas. Uh, so how they go outside of their communities is being on the television and giving, you know, young children that aspirational goal, you know, they, your kid sees a football player on TV and they're like, I want to be that running back or I want to be that quarterback or I want to be that receiver or I want to be that center fielder or I want to be that point guard, things like that. So you see, you know, a, a kid watching a blindside flanker. I want to be the number six. So that's, that's the aspirational goal. I mean, it's not really what uh, we all want sometimes, but putting an aspirational goal for everyone on the airwaves is how you get kids playing at a much greater rate at certain junctures, especially with, you know, such a small sport that rugby is. Yeah. So there's also um, even in the current rugby community, there are uh, players who played for their entire um, maybe youth or even adult um, sporting career or whatever, and then their kids just never ended up playing rugby. I'm, I'm actually a good case in point. My dad played for years, for 20 or so years, and I actually just started playing about two years ago or something like that. But if Something like this happened. We had CBS Sports, and my dad knew, and he could just flip on rugby, and I, we could watch it together. I'm sure if I was seven or eight years old, I would see that and say, I want to play that. The only thing I had was like an old video game 
from like 2002 or something like that. And those video games are just not very good. It's really tough to do. So that's like, there's there's no way for me to really see it. Like I was playing, I was like, this is this makes no sense to me. I don't like this. And I just like threw it away. But that's something that could be really good too. Just kids see that and maybe their dad played or their mom played and they watch it with them. And it's just, they learn it that way. And then that's what gets them into the sport. So... I think uh, that about wraps it up for our special edition. Um, Victor, if you were going to join us, you did not email us or chat with us. So call us to make sure you got home safely. We've been concerned. Uh, We called the police. (laughs) I will be showing up later tonight at your apartment just to make sure that you're safe. So So, um, you are with that. uh, As we said earlier, Corey sends his regrets. You know, people got to work. We've got to put, you know, food on the table and stuff. So that's good. But Victor, you said in the email chain, you would come. So that's on you. But Dan said, he's going to come find you and (laughs) make you buy him cocktails. That sounds weird, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Signing off. Connect with Earful of Dirt anytime. We're on Facebook and Twitter as Earful of Dirt. You can email us at earfulofdirt at gmail.com or call and leave us a voicemail at 720-600-2679. Until next time, for Aaron, Dan, and Victor, I'm Corey. Thanks for joining us.